Welcome to another inspirational message from Church on the Rock Pile. Thank you for listening. And if you would like more information, you can visit us at www.therockchurch.co.za. Welcome to the second Sunday of 2022. And man, I am super pumped to see what God is going to do this year. And I hope you have an expectation for God to move in your lives, no matter what circumstance you face this year. And I want to look at David today because I believe there are so many of us that are holding on to promises from God and we still haven't seen them happen yet. And as I always say, let's not give up and hold on to Galatians 6, 9. It says in Galatians 6, 9, let us not become weary of doing good for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. But before we go any further, let's just pray quickly. God, I thank you that you are a good, good father. I pray that as we dive into your word today, we can learn more about you and your character and that we can take one step closer to you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, David, he was a man after God's own heart. He was a king. He was a skilled warrior. He was a musician. And if we could ask people who they, would, who they like in the Bible, David would most likely be up there in their top a few Bible characters. And some people even want to be like David. I, can, I believe that. But the only problem is that with this is everyone wants to be David, but nobody wants to go through what he went through. So my title today is called, if you're taking notes, it's called From Shepherd to King. Because I've learned something. If you can't find peace in the pasture, you'll never find peace in the palace. I'm going to say that again. Just let it sink in. If you can't find peace in the pasture, you'll never find peace in the palace. We see in our text today that David knows he's going to be king. He gets anointed by Samuel for that purpose. But when he goes, after he gets anointed, he goes back into the field. He has to then look after the sheep again. And there's a process that God wants to take him on before he could be king. And no one goes through life with God without God taking them on a process. And maybe you're looking at 2022 and thinking, God, why has that not happened yet? Just know this, and it is something that I've learned. God never puts a shepherd on the throne. He first has to make him a king. So this is when David begins this process of becoming King David. From Shepherd David to King David. And we pick the story up in 1 Samuel 16. And we'll start from verse 13. It says, So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. It says, from that day on. It goes on to say, Samuel then went to Ramah. Now the Spirit of the Lord had departed from Saul. And an evil spirit from the Lord tormented him. You can start to see things are starting to change right now. So it goes, says, Saul's attendant said to him, See, an evil spirit from God is tormenting you. Let our Lord command his servants here to search for someone who can play the lyre. He will play when the evil spirit from God comes on you, and you will feel better. So Saul said to his attendants, Find someone who plays well and bring him to me. One of the servants answered, I have seen a son of Jesse of Bethlehem who knows how to play the lyre. He is a brave man and a warrior. He speaks well and is a fine-looking man. 
and the Lord is with him. Now, when we read this, we can see how God is starting to position David on his journey to becoming king. Because remember, he is a shepherd. He would not know anything about how to be uh, in, a, in the presence of royalty or being in the palace. His, his parents kept him out in the fields looking after sheep. And if we read the story before Samuel anoints him, uh, David's father, Jesse, even forgot that he had a younger son that was out in the field. And so let's just dive back into this because like, you can start to see things are starting to change here. Then it says in verse 19, Then Saul sent messages to Jesse and said, Send me your son, David, who is with the sheep. So Jesse took a donkey loaded with bread, a skin of wine, and a young goat, and sent them with his son, David, to Saul. David came to Saul and entered his service. Saul liked him very much. Now, you have to remember the favor of God was on David, and David became one of his armor bearers. Then Saul sent word to Jesse, saying, Allow David to remain in my service, for I am pleased with him. Now, he is now in Saul's service, and he has an opportunity to learn the ways of the palace, how it's run, how to behave, how to eat in front of royalty, all of that. So he starts learning a whole lot of processes during this time that he's in Saul's service. It goes on to say in verse uh, 23, Whenever the Spirit of God came on Saul, David took up his lyre and played. Then relief came, would come to Saul. He would feel better and the evil spirit would leave him. Here we see David before he faces Goliath. We sometimes think, of the face-off between David and Goliath is the first time we find a, a David in the Bible. But here we see David the musician, David the young man, uh, who was sensitive to the Spirit of God. And we get to see how God was already using him. The Bible says that as David played, the Spirit that came upon Saul would leave. And just as God is preparing you, as He was preparing David, he is also preparing the place for you as he was preparing the throne for David. And so often we can think that God is only working on us and in us and we can get caught up in the trap of thinking, God, where are you? Why is it not done yet? When are you going to come through for me? Especially when you're looking at a new year ahead of you and you can ask questions like, when are you going to use me? When are you going to use me in my workplace? When are you going to use me? In my family and we can ask God these questions and forget that he's also getting the place ready for us to step into we must remember that as God is working on us he's also preparing a way so that when we are ready to step into it he is has prepared everything for us to step into he has prepared the place that he wants us to step into as well not just us as individuals. He's working in both areas. So what set David apart? What does it look like to be a person after God's own heart? See, David was the only person in the Bible where the word of God said that he was a man after God's own heart. So I would want to be like that guy. So what does it take to be a person like that? A person after God's own heart. And as we look at his life, we can... Uh, begin to see a few things. And if you're taking notes, now point number one is, uh, David was a man after God's own heart. Why? Number Point number one was, he was a man of valor. 
And I believe God is calling us to be courageous, to be courageous as we face the new year. In what area of your life are you scared because you don't know if you're ready for it yet? What area is holding you back? What area are you afraid to step into? What area are you saying, God, I want to do this, but I don't know. I don't know what will happen if I do. I'm scared. And it's okay to say that to God. But I remember a time when I had to ask Camille's parents if I could marry their daughter. And I remember how nervous I was. But I had to put my being afraid aside for a little while. And when I did that, everything changed. And it opened a whole new world for me. And I'm now married to the most amazing, beautiful woman who is the mother of my child. And we have an awesome family together. You see, I stepped into an area of my life when I overcame a little bit of fear. And I heard this amazing quote, and I can't remember where it came from, but it's so true. It says, all the best things in life are lived on the other side of fear. And I believe it's the same with God. He is saying there are areas in your life that he wants you to step into, but you'll need to be a little bit brave so that as you are a little bit brave and you, you overcome your fear, see how the doors will open to possibilities that you can never ever dream of. And I love what it says in Joshua 1.9. It says, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. I love that about our God. He'll be with us wherever you go. Now the second thing about David that we can see is, is he was a man tested in battle. David was a shepherd. He was the only shepherd because he was the youngest in his family. No one wanted to be the shepherd. He w it was lonely. He had to work hard. Uh, and he was the only one looking after the sheep. So if anything happened, he couldn't blame anybody else. It was all his fault. It was not in the most glamorous position. It was not in the most glamorous place to do this as well. So put yourself in David's shoes during this time. If you were out there alone, you would need to find something to do to stop yourself from getting bored. So he would practice with a sling until he got like extremely good at it. And he would use that to, in that school, to protect the sheep from the wolves, the lions, the bear. And this was also the time when he learned to play his harp, the lyre. And because of hours spent playing, writing psalms, he got to be able to play that thing really, really well. And as a boy, I remember hanging out with my friends on a farm. And I remember that we would do so many things just to pass the time and have fun. And David might have thought that he was just wasting time, just passing the time. But all the time, God, all that time that he thought he was passing, God was preparing him. What are you doing right now that you might think is a time waster? But God is saying, I'm setting you up for something that is going to change your story. He is saying, I'm preparing you for something that you are not aware of yet. When David was about to go face Goliath, this is what he said to King Saul, because he was confident that he had faced some battles already, even just looking after the sheep. And he says in 1 Samuel 17, and we read from this verse 34, it says, But David said to Saul, your servant has been kept keeping his father's sheep when a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock. I went after it, 
struck it and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. He had a confidence because he was battle tested. What areas are you moving into? The third thing we see about David is he was prudent in speech. Now, what do I mean about prudent? And some of you are looking at, I can already see you looking at me through the screen going, what is prudent? Okay, let me ask it this way. When was the last time you chose not to say anything? When was the last time you just sat in a room and took it in? Because Proverbs 18.21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And we're living in a world where everyone has an opinion and everyone wants their opinion heard and their truth is the only truth. Just look at Facebook. I have never seen an argument won on Facebook. I have never seen an argument get to a point where someone goes, hey, you know what? You're right. Thank you for explaining it to me. I now see it from a different perspective. No, it never gets won. So when was the last time you passed up a conversation saying to yourself, uh, is this just wasting my time? That's not worth arguing about. I'm going to be prudent in my speech. I'm going to hold my words so that when I do speak, they carry weight. God was preparing David so that one day when he was king, he did speak and, and he did speak. He spoke with power. His speech was powerful. God was preparing him so that when he was king, he wasn't just the king that spoke everything that came into his mind, but rather when he did speak, people would say things like, man, if he, do, he doesn't say a lot, but when he does say something, I should be listening. So when was the last time you didn't say something? When were you, that you just let it, just hold your tongue so that what you do say carries weight? The fourth thing is, we can see David, he was a man of good presence. And do others leave you feeling better about themselves? This question makes me uh, think about how do people leave me feeling? How do people leave you feeling? And when you are at work talking to others or talking to someone on the phone and you end the call, do they go, man, I feel so much better now that I've spoken to that person? Is your presence a good presence when you walk into the room? Or do people go, please, not them, not them again. <laughs> no, I don't want to be around them. Do you know someone like that? I think we all know someone like that. Maybe you related to them. Maybe you're married to them. And if you are, don't look at your spouse right now. And, I can, and if you can't think of anyone, it's probably you that is like that. Are you that to people? Are you the kind of person that every time someone gets around you, they go, I feel so much better about myself. Every time I'm around that person, I feel so encouraged. We need to be more encouraging in this world because TV, social media, and just the world out there is so negative. And it wants to make sure that we are beaten down and we stay down. And 1 Thessalonians 5.11 says, So encourage each other and build each other up. 
Let's be people that make it our mission to encourage others. Build people up. Tell them they have a future and a destiny. Encourage people wherever they go, wherever you go. People always want to be around those who encourage them to do what God has put in their heart. And if you have a dream in your heart, why not encourage them to go after that dream? Be the person that says, man, if God put a dream in your heart, he'll make a way for it. Go after your dreams. God has called us to have a good presence. The fifth thing we see about David is he was godly. And I've got a question is, are your desires your desires or are they God's desires? And I want to encourage you that when you start your day, ask God what his desires for you are. God, what do you want from me? What is your desire for me today? What is it that is on your heart today? And there are times when I'm doing things where I don't know if it's what God really wants for me right now. And I don't know if he desires for me to be there. And I have to stop and ask my question, is this what God wants for me? Now ask yourself, God, is this me that wants this or you that wants this? It can be quite a scary question because it makes us realize that our lives are not quite so much about God as we think they are, but actually more about us. And if we're going to be people who are going to change this world, change this nation, this valley, we're going to need our desires to be God's desires. In Philippians 4, 8, it says, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is bright, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. See, the reason David was a man after God's own heart is because he went after the things that God was after. He wanted to do the things God wanted to do. So what are your desires? Here's a question. If God gave you everything your heart desired and he gave it to you all at once, if God gave you all your dreams and everything came true at once, would it only change you or would it change the world? I'm going to say that again. Would it only change you or would it change the world? See, God put us on this earth to make a difference. So we are meant to make a difference in our work. We are meant to make a difference in our families, in our friendship circles. Now, you need to know something. You are the right person where you have been placed. God does not make a mistake. That means you are the right parent for your family. You are the right person for your workplace. You are the right person in your school, your college. And to make a difference in 2022, it starts with changing the person right next to us. It starts with us being an encourager so that people see that there's something different about us. I want to encourage us this year, each one lead one. Each one lead one. We can all reach one person. And 1 Samuel 16 verse 23, it says, it goes on to say, we're jumping back to the story of David and Saul right now. It says, whenever the Spirit of God came on Saul, David would take up his lyre and play. Then relief would come to Saul. He would feel better and the evil spirit would leave him. God gives you 
what is in your heart when you steward what is in your hand. I'm going to say that again. Just think about it. God gives you what is in your heart when you steward what is in your hand. You see, David didn't go to Saul and say, Hey Saul, I'm going to be king very shortly, so you don't need to worry about anything. I can see that the Spirit of God has left you, and I've been anointed for this already, so I've got this. You know, he didn't do that. David came in and used the thing that he was skillful at, which was playing the harp. And because he used what was in his hand, and he was faithful with what God put in his hand, God was going to give him what was in his heart. You see that throne that he, that he stood in front of day in and day out serving King Saul. God promised that to him. And there may be things in your, on your heart or in your heart that you're saying, God, if I can just have that, be that, do that this year. But God is saying, don't worry about that. Worry about what is in your hand. Steward the little things that I've given you because then I can trust you with the big things. And we see that in Luke 16, 10, it says, whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little is also dishonest with much. And if you steward what is in your hand and look after what is in your hand, it will not be long before God will give you what is in your heart. He is just wanting you to use what he's already given you. Because the field test prepares us for the real test. Because the very next chapter after this, David fights Goliath. He has gone from being with the king in the palace, now using his gifts, and all of a sudden he's back with the sheep. Because the Bible says that when his father called him to go and give his brothers food, he had to go find him in the field so that he could go. But it was the test in the field of saving the sheep from the lion and the bear that gave him the confidence to make a stand against Goliath. You see, if we can't learn how to love God when we are out there with the sheep, how will we ever learn to love God when we are sitting on the throne? What is in your hand today that God is saying, I can use? Give it to him today. You see, Moses only had a staff. And God used that staff to do great miracles. And we can read about that in Exodus. And I want to tell you today, don't despise small beginnings. Because God can use them in big ways. So I, let's just pray quick. God, thank you that you are a good, good father. And you always meet us where we are. But you never leave us where we are. You always want the best for us. And that is why you take us on a journey. I pray today as we face 2022, you, we will use what you've already given us in our hand. That we'll not give up and we'll keep being faithful to you no matter what we face this year. I want us to just stay in an attitude of prayer right now. Because we've been talking about a journey from shepherd to king, the journey that we go on, that God takes us on when we are faithful to him. But this journey really starts with getting to know the one that gave it all so that we can stand firm, so that we can have a journey with. And his name is Jesus. 
And today I want to give you an opportunity to start a relationship with him. He doesn't promise that you won't go through things in life because David still had to face a lion and a bear. But he does promise that he'll never leave you nor forsake you. He will be with you in the fire, during the trials, during the tests. So if that is you today and you are saying, I want to get to know this Jesus and make him the Lord of my life. I want you to pray a simple prayer with me just shortly. Or maybe you stood tall and you, you stood and you, you loved God and you walked with him, but life happened. And today you're wanting to come back into right standing with God. Well, today you can. And if that is you, if you're wanting to make God the Lord and Savior of your life, or if you're wanting to come back into right standing, why don't you just pray this prayer with me and just repeat it after me. It's a simple prayer. It goes like this. Dear Lord, thank you for dying on the cross for me. Today I acknowledge you as my Lord and Savior. So I can praise you from today onwards, no matter what I face. Amen. Well, I want to keep encouraging you this year not to give up. Make God the center of your life and enjoy the process with Him. But until we meet again, share hope, show kindness, and shine Jesus.